Friday, everybody, and welcome back to the Couchside Judges. I'm Scott Fontana. You can follow me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fontana. And I'm Dan Urban. You can follow me at the Dan Urban. You can follow the podcast at Couchside Judges, and you can subscribe wherever you listen. And if you're liking the show, please give us the best review you can. And we talk about judging in MMA, so you should learn the criteria. You can read it at abcboxing.com. You know, I was reading the other day, Dan, and, and I brought this to your attention, of course, that Steven Peterson, UFC guy, uh, is not interested in fighting again in Texas. He has a beef with the Texas Commission. We're going to dive right into this, right? Yeah. And I just thought that was interesting because he, he he essentially feels very wronged by the way fights are being judged when he fights in Texas, uh, which a lot of his career was actually in Texas. Um, but it, it sounds like he's in particular kind of fuming about some of his more recent losses in Texas. They've come by decisions uh, while he's fighting there. Whether it was in UFC and as well uh, in LFA, right? Yeah. So I thought it would be interesting to see if he's got a case because you know obviously we've had some issues with the way uh texas judging has kind of happened the last few times they've been especially to houston so i pose to you because you had the chance to watch these fights i didn't watch lfa i just watched you didn't watch okay so you watched the two ufc ones right which two fights are they by the way alex caceres is the most recent fight he had okay and the one before that was uh, was it brandon davis yes okay yeah that's what I thought. So yeah, you got to watch those fights. Why don't you just kind of say like, hey, listen, is he does he have a real viable argument here for hey, like I feel like the judging is just not up to snuff in Texas, and I don't want to deal with them anymore. I'd rather deal with other commissions or or what? What are you thinking? Uh, I think he has no case in the Davis fight. Okay, well, why don't why don't we That's... before we even go on to the other one? Why don't why don't we talk about the Davis fight? Why does he have no case? Round one was close, but it's pretty clear for Davis. Davis was just the one that was landing the better strikes. I mean, you don't win for being aggressive. Who did the judges give that one to? Do you know? Yeah, uh, each judge gave that one for Davis round one. Okay. Uh, round two was a, a pretty close round, and I can see a small argument for Davis, but I gave it to uh, Peterson, so I think he deserved that round. He only got it on one card. But you're saying that was a close round, one of those. It was close. I you, mean, Could he, you have seen the other argument? I can see a small case for, for Davis. Okay. So, I mean, nothing to really be up, that upset about. And then round three, there's no mistaking who won that round. And who won that round? Uh, Davis won that round. Davis won that round. Okay. Yeah, and, he, and... He, he got a 10-8 on one card. I don't agree with the 10-8. Okay. Um, but, I mean, he definitely didn't win that round. So, But essentially, you're you're saying it's probably easy to give a 30-27 yeah. against him in that fight. Yeah, I had a 29-28, which I think is the right score. Mm-hmm. But 30-27 is definitely fine. I think 30-26 is really pushing it. Okay. All right, but but nonetheless, for anything to to go his way, it would be quite a stretch of the criteria. Yeah, I, I think he, um, I think his true beef is with the him getting a ten eight in round three. Okay, so that's probably where he's like, wow, really? But I mean, if he thinks he won the fight, I mean, you know, you'd have to yeah. hear what he has to say. But of course, you know, you obviously have been talking about this with me for much more than a year. We we think we are at the point where we can probably assess pretty reasonably how professional judges would be at least thinking. I think he got 50K that night. So, I mean, it was definitely a great fight. Yeah. It was a fun fight. So Okay. So what about the other one? There was the Alex Caceres fight. Does All he right. have any case here? He has a case. Really? Not to win. Well, he has a case that he might have won the fight, but okay. not a strong case. All I, right. I, let's hear it. 
there is no case for Jenny Cardin- uh, Cardenas card because round one was no way Alice Caceres won that round. Okay. There's absolutely no shot that you give that round to Caceres. That that's he was he was getting choked for like a good minute and fifteen seconds stuck okay. in a rear naked choke. There's no way Alex Caceres and, won that round. And how locked in is this choke? Like uh, describe oh, it. Oh, it's it's, I didn't watch it's it. under the chin and it's it's a lot of it is one armed, but he's squeezing and then he grabs it with the with you know, gets the gable grip and sure. he has strong, strong I, it, we would have given it a ten eight in, in CSJ. In CSJ, okay. Yeah. All right, right on. What about round two? But round two, uh Caceres all him. He's he's picking him apart with his with his right hand. At this point he he broke his left hand. Caceres did? Caceres broke his no left. Kidding. So he's fighting one handed pretty much the whole way. And he's he's actually dancing around him, hitting him, picking him apart. Okay. So it's clear Caceres round. And round three was very close. I think Caceres did better on the feet. Towards the end, Peterson takes it to the ground and lands some ground and pound. Very close round. You can make a, a solid argument that Peterson won that round. So what you're saying is it really probably should have been like a 1919 going into the third round, and then the third round, you're, there's a the decent air, argument yeah. either way. Both way, but you know, each guy has a strong case. So more than likely, what no matter what we want to say about the condition of or, or state of the judging that we typically get when the UFC comes to Texas, uh, his particular fights have no bearing on that. He's just got sour grapes. On the fights as a whole, saying saying I won the fight, you know, mm-hmm. so I don't want to fight there anymore because I'm I'm getting screwed. But he has a strong case if you go round by round because round three in the Davis fight he didn't get ten aided, and round one there is absolutely no way he didn't win that round. But so, but you're but you're what you're saying then is that if he wants to dispute a particular round, sure. But as far as who won the fight, it's it, harder yeah. to give him the fight so that realistically, because he thinks he won the fights. He feels strongly that he was wrong, that he should have been the winner. If that's his case, I mean, yeah, no. He doesn't have a strong case in that sense, but he has a strong case round by round. This is, and, and I should cite again, he got this, uh, we, we saw this on, it was initially on uh, MMA Island, and then uh, we saw it show up on other websites, including MMA Junkie. So that was kind of where we're getting the sources on this one. But yeah, it, it's kind of... Yeah, I mean, we've called out Texas judging before, and I think we do it when it's fair. But yeah, I'm gonna trust you on this one. If if you're saying like, listen, it's it's really just a matter of you're you're not really liking what happened to you, you know, tough breaks. Okay. Yeah, like I like I said, round by round, he has a beef for the, for two rounds in particular. On a whole, he's not gonna win that argument. All right. Well. Let that be a lesson uh, that, of course, and, you know, anybody could watch these fights again and, and, you know, decide for yourself, like, hey, does this guy have a have a beef or, or not? You know, let's hear him out. But, you know, I trust my man, Dan, and I hope you guys do, too, especially if you're regular listeners. Um, but, yeah, I, you know, I think that was an interesting way to kind of jump into this show just because we saw that. And that one in particular jumped out at me because you don't see fighters typically cite one particular commission based on the way their fights are judged, especially when it's outside of, I feel like you hear it in Nevada, which it shouldn't be, but it's just like Nevada has, Mm. I think the most UFC fights. So it's kind of, you know, the higher volume, you're going to get more complaints, but Texas, it did strike me because it's like, yeah, we've, we've had some issues with it too. Yeah. I'll probably have to watch that LFA fight because maybe that there was something crazy in there, but I just didn't get around to watching that. Yeah. If you end up watching that one uh, before the next show, you know, maybe we can talk about that one too, just real briefly. Like, like at the end of of uh, 
when we preview mm-hmm. this weekend's fights, which, of course, there's a UFC card. They're back after a, a week off. It was nice to personally for me to have a week off of watching MMA and following MMA and just kind of stepping back and allowing me to appreciate it when it comes back. Yeah, I'm ready to get back. Absolutely. And and of course, you know, we, we were still watching. We were doing our past judgments and we've got another past judgment for you guys, right? Yes, we do. We are going back just like we said the other day. We're going back to Alexander Gustafson title fights that went the distance and were close. So this one being the fight from 2015 against Daniel Cormier, which finished in a split decision. This was a fun fight. It was a fun fight. And you said you didn't even remember watching it. I don't remember seeing this before. I definitely watched it. I remember sitting on my couch. This was What time of the year was this? This was October. I must have watched it. I don't know. I don't know. Summertimes, I, I definitely know. I, I, I don't see everything live in the summer, but... Or you didn't. Now you, now you kind of have to because we got this yeah. show, you know? Yeah. Not gonna, you know, I got a bail on me here, kid. Well, I'll make sure I watch them. Damn right you do. Um, but yes, no, this was October, and it was just a, about it was about six weeks after my son was born. I was still... I was definitely sitting there on the couch watching and uh, making sure he was sleeping. <laughs> and he was. He, he was appropriately asleep during the fights because, you know, they're just not that interesting to a baby. But yeah, why don't we get into it, Dan? I mean, before we do, of course, can you just kind of remind everybody how we do the scoring for uh, for past judgment? Yeah, I actually have it ready this time. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> the CSJ criteria, basically the same as the ABC criteria, which, as we mentioned earlier, is available at abcboxing.com. Like certified judges, we score rounds based on the 3Ds, damage, dominance, and duration. We just made a few key changes. A uh, 10-9 round is a competitive round in which neither fighter checks one of the 3Ds by a large margin. A 10-8 can be considered for just 1D, but should definitely be given when 2Ds are achieved. And a 10-7 is available for checking off 2Ds, but must be given for all three. We've discarded tiebreakers for effective aggression and area control, as these are rarely used by judges anyway. The rare 10-10 would only be given in largely uneventful rounds. All this helps provide for more varied scores that should more accurately reflect what happened in a fight. Alrighty, set it up. DC Gustafson. DC Gustafson was the headliner of UFC 192 at Toyota Center in Houston, more Texas. Uh, Texas is here. We're back there. Texas been in the in our show a lot lately. Um, and this was yes, it was October 3rd, 2015. So yeah, just I would say my my son was just about six weeks old. Yeah, um, Cormier came in here. He was 36, 16 and one. He really hadn't been fighting all that long. I mean, I remember when he debuted. Uh, and it was it was kind of bigger news uh, as far as prospects debuting, though. Uh, maybe I brought this up on the show before, but it, his debut was just something that it felt like something important. And people were watching him for a little while as he was kind of progressing through, made it to strike force, and of course won uh, the Grand Prix there. And we all know what happened. He became one of the greats. Uh, but yeah, at this point, 16 and one, he had just won the vacant light heavyweight championship from a victory over Anthony Rumble Johnson. Third round rear naked choke the previous May. Speaking of Anthony Rumble Johnson, that man is a submission wizard in the movie Warrior. <laughs> we should do. We should. Uh, we should judge the Warrior fight sometime. <laughs> That'd be fun. <laughs> like probably just a bunch of ten sevens going around. Yep. Yeah. It's, uh, I haven't watched that in a while. I, I like that movie. I do. It's a solid movie. I do like it. Um, but yeah, this of course the reason why he won a vacant title. Just, uh, you know, eight, nine months after he had uh, lost to John Jones because John Jones was stripped of said title after the infamous hit and run involving a pregnant woman. Hit and run. Hit and run and pregnant woman are two things you don't want together involving you. Um, period. 
because you know we also don't want a pregnant woman to get hurt. But nonetheless, unless they hit you, it just and then they take well, off. yeah, sure. But that that's not really what that's happened. That's not here, what happened. No. That is not what happened no. at all. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, he's the champion, even though he lost a title fight earlier in the year. Uh, but nonetheless, Gustafson finds himself back as a challenger just a couple years after he lost to Jones, the fight we just spoke about uh, in our previous show. He's actually coming off of a loss in January as well. First round TKO against Rumble Johnson, and that dropped him to 16-3. and But he got title shot off a loss? He got a title shot off a loss because I guess they just didn't really have anybody. I don't I don't particularly remember the circumstances. I wasn't able to uh, quickly kind of find it out in the search. Uh, and I don't remember exactly how it came about. But nonetheless, it was just so strange. Like, I mean. Jose Aldo. We've seen there. we've seen that more. Yeah, but Jose Aldo lost at least a close split decision. That's true. He didn't get knocked out. No, he was finished. <laughs> I was at that fight. This was in, this was in uh, Prudential Center in Newark. The Johnson Gustafson fight. Who else was on that card? Do you know? Offhand? We don't have to look. Or wait, was that maybe I'm thinking of the year before? Actually, no, I think I was at a different fight. Okay. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah. So I, I came in here 16 and three, of course. Um, and he and you know, if you want his only other win before that was actually you have to go back to the previous March when he stopped Jimmy Manua, uh, and that was the only other time he had fought since losing to John Jones. That's so, another guy that people thought was going to be awesome. People thought he would be good, but you know what? He he won a bunch of fights in weird ways early on. Mm. And, like, he's got power. He had power, but he also kind of had a weird, strange record that kind of didn't necessarily reflect Mm -hmm. his skill to achieve those wins. Uh, I think it was, like, a bunch of, like, TKOs with injuries that, like, didn't exactly result from stuff he did or something. I don't Mm -hmm. don't remember exactly, but, yeah, I mean, decent fighter. I don't want to, you know, try to strip him of his his skill because he had some, but, yeah, he never really achieved uh, anything of real note in the UFC uh, before he retired. Uh, judges for this one, though, are Derek Cleary, Sal D'Amato, and Kerry Hatley, typically a referee. He might have been doing double duty that night. I meant to check that. Didn't happen. Oh, okay. uh, got distracted. All Just right. didn't happen uh, in the in the, uh, in the the lead up to the show. But the referee for this one was not Kerry Hatley because he wasn't doing double duty the same fight. <laughs> be wild. It, <laughs> that would be a terrible idea. No, we had Herb Dean here for this one. But anyway, let's <laughs> let's get into round one here, Dan. What, what were we watching here? This was a pretty good round for DC. He gets that big body slam. Yeah, like head over heeled uh, Gustafson here. Yeah, we last saw that against this, what his fight against Henderson. That's the last time I was like, oh, maybe this is like a real technique where he just flips people over. Henderson really was more like a middleweight anyway. Gustafson's well, yeah. a big guy. It was probably easier for him to do it to Dan Henderson. But anyway, from there, he... Lived. I don't know. I mean, Henderson was, was a wrestler too. I mean, it's, it's still impressive to be done. It, yeah. An older man at this point, of course. Yeah, so, I mean, once it's on the ground, DC's landing some, some decent ground and pound pretty much for most of the round. Final minute, they're back on the feet. Nothing really happens from there. I didn't think any solid Ds were checked to go 10-8, so I'm just going 10-9 DC. Yeah, I did too. I I didn't think we had anything uh, that kind of pushed it. It was really just a, a nice, decent round for DC mm-hmm. that he just wasn't able to kind of get over the hump. I think he had a, a lot of good success that never really crossed over into that threshold and really should right. have. I think I think there were opportunities to. And, I mean, maybe it was just the fact that Gustafson was able to survive a little better than, you know, Mm. I, I don't think DC necessarily let off the gas, but I think there were opportunities to push for it more. But, I mean, he had the round, you know? I mean, it's not like our scoring actually was a real thing, and he could actually push for that eight yeah. or something. So, you know, you get it. It was it was a good round. Definitely a 10 Solid round, yep. And that's all the judges saw it, too. Nobody, nobody disagreed there. Beautiful. What about round two? I thought this was a fun round. I thought Gustafson was landing some good combos. I thought DC's face was getting busted up pretty good. 
Uh, he actually shocked everyone and got two takedowns. I mean, nothing came of him, so really not much there to score. But he landed a good knees in the clinch when DC would try to come in for a takedown. I thought DC had some good offense, especially in the clinch. Those big uppercuts, pretty much a story of the whole fight, really. But I'm going Gustafson in 10-9. Yeah, I did the same here, and I, and I think there is a very small case to be made for DC here. I wouldn't fight anybody too hard if, yeah. if someone what, so that DC won the round. He landed strong strikes. He did. He did. I, I again, ultimately went the same way as you. I had 10-9 Gustafson. But as I'm watching, I'm like, man, this is really close. Mm-hmm. And I, I already knew that all three judges... Uh, gave this round to Gustafson. So, you know, I was kind of expecting it to go that way. But as I'm watching, I'm like, you know what? It's not that far off to go the other way. (laughs) It's really not. Uh, Gustafson really just didn't leave an imprint on on this round in a meaningful way. So, yeah, but I Mm -hmm. mean, I mean, he took it. I think he won it. But again, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't it wasn't a way that he could have really cemented it in any particular way. But he did anyway. He got it from all three cards. And now everybody has it 19 all. Uh, You and I do as well. Yep. 19 all. And round three, this is where the judges start to disagree. So we, we're seeing something that's probably even closer. What are we watching? It wasn't really all that close uh, for most of the round. I thought DC was dominating the round. He was having a very good round, like, yes. all Like for the first like four minutes of the round, and then he eats a knee from Gustafson in a left that drops him. And he looked like he was in trouble, was like, oh like, like real trouble for like a good, uh, I don't know, like eight seconds. You think it was that long? I don't uh, think, it I, might have been even shorter than that. I I, just, it was like a brief moment in time where he was like, oh, man, this guy's in real trouble here. And what? then all of a sudden he was like, definitely not good, but like he wasn't about to be finished or anything. I thought he recovered very well. Yes, he did. But he was hurt. He was definitely hurt. And Gustafson had a, a brief opportunity there. Um like, we know DC does not get finished, though. But I thought he had enough of a lead to the point where I was thinking... Well, he got finished once. I mean, in the, he wasn't in, in the verge of being finished here. Oh, yes, in yeah. this fight, correct. Yeah. And uh, I was on the verge of going DC 10-8, like, going into that final minute. And then after that knee, I was like, oh, man. So I think DC still had a big enough lead, 10-9, for DC. Yeah, I did, too. I, I think that was the debate I had, was, like, did the high level of damage that was done in that brief moment in time overtake everything that... DC was doing throughout that round, and I say no. Yeah, I, mean, I don't think you can do it. Even though, even though it was definitely the highest point in probably any round of this fight. D- yeah, it was the highest. It, point. I think it's the highest point yeah. where either fighter got the closest to ending the night was this moment, and I still can't give him the round because it was so brief, so fleeting, and because he was losing so lopsidedly up until this point, just like for all the reasons you described. So it's it's a tough case here. It's it's really what do you I guess value in the criteria? What what do you interpret of the criteria, you know? I mean, at this I mean, if I was a hockey coach, I would sign DC to be my enforcer and just go fight someone cuz he got, you know, the one-arm clinch and just crushing uppercuts so like, you, you think he should be teaching round. the the uh fighting drills yeah or sign him as the enforcer team. yeah oh okay you just put him on the team yeah That's as long as he can stay upright on skates i have no i can't <laughs> skate so i have no idea if he can or not i mean he's more athletic than me so he probably can but I mean, these were like if he tried anyway gus had no answer for these no, he really didn't. I mean, all, he eventually did. He Final, did find yeah. an answer, but yeah. like, it wasn't really like stopping it or preventing it. It was just like, well, I hit him. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Which, yeah, I mean, that's the goal, obviously. 
But yeah, he didn't do enough. I don't think he took it. Uh, judges for this round, though, they they were split. Like I said, uh, it was Sal D'Amato and Kerry Hatley. They saw this one for DC, just as you and I did. They they thought that what was done from Gustafson just wasn't enough to take it back. Whereas Derek Cleary, he went ten nine for Gustafson, obviously for it had to be that high spot there. And I get it. I really do. But I, I don't think that that's the right call personally from, from my interpretation of it. So yeah, no, no dispute necessarily with Derek clear. It's just the way he went. And I, I happen to feel a little differently, but it's fine. Sure. And then really with this point, this, what this puts us at is we have 29, 28, two for Cormier, one for Gustafson. And it's because of uh Cleary seeing it that way. And uh, D'Amato Hatley seeing it the other way. So that's what we've got. We've got a very close fight going into the championship rounds and uh, round four. What What's going on here now? Another fun close round. Mm-hmm. Definitely a close round. I, I think this was probably the toughest call I had. On the whole, I think Gustafson was more effective. I think DC was still a little bit in recovery mode, and I don't think he was landing as hard. He was landing. He landed a lot of strikes. I think he definitely had the volume edge, but I don't think he had the uh, impact edge. I thought uh, Gus had that in that solid body kick. That doubled over DC briefly towards the end. I, that was that was a big help. So I went ten nine Gus. And I think the commentary team just really fell in love with the fact that DC was doing less moving and he was like kind of just stalking and it was a lot of following actually too. Like they kept saying it was like oh you know he's walking him down. It's like well he's really just kind of following him. He wasn't cutting off the cage or anything because every time leaping at him. Yeah, I mean Gustafson whenever he wanted to he just kind of duck and run away and and. He didn't pay for it in any way. He just kind of moved somewhere else. It's I like, mean, well, he got it. He was doing what Carlos Condit was doing to uh, Nick Diaz in that fight that everybody thinks uh, Nick Diaz won and Carlos Condit won. Carlos Condit won. I know you disagree. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was impressed with DC on the whole, though. He put on a pace that. Oh, like, he did. Absolutely. No question. This big man can put on a pace like this for five rounds he's a fantastic Crazy. athlete you know really the, the body may uh not necessarily be the most impressive we've ever seen in mixed martial arts but the man is is a high high caliber athlete an incredible athlete and, and a great fighter really yeah this... and this is a good you know a good representation of that mm-hmm. um but yeah i i also saw this one for gustafson just as you did 10 9 yeah like i said it was a really close call for me i i almost put down dc 10 9 on there but i I don't know i just it it really did feel like cumulatively the more effective striker in the round by a hair was gustafson Mm -hmm. you know it's almost like one of those rounds that like let's say i was given the option to say you could realistically put a 10 10 here i might have put a 10 10 here but that's Uh, not no 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 i'm just saying like let's say that that's was something that was encouraged you know say hey if you feel like it was close enough you can put a 10-10. I could almost say that here, but that's not really what we're doing here. I think you have to search within, you search deeper, and you try to find who was the more effective striker, even by the hair of the margin, and I think that was Gustafson. Uh, the, that the teep kick that DC doubled over, um, that was enough. I, I mean, that's a good so. one. It absolutely was a high spot, but you know, is the, does that make up for potentially the fact that DC had... Like you said, even maybe a little bit better volume. He probably had the volume. That's but, what's tough about but it. But a lot of the strikes were like those weird strikes where he's like, "Yeah, he was just kind of throwing his arm around." As, we don't, as, as we don't Dan's have, showing me some sort of convulsion. We that don't you have guys video. Can't see. Sorry, uh, I'm describing it, and it looks like he's having a bit of a, an episode. <laughs> but I assure you, he's healthy and safe. <laughs> 
Yeah, uh, sorry. I, 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 whatever. <laughs> this is audio only. Audio only, my friends. Uh, but yeah, really close. The the judges on this one, it was uh, Carrie Hatley was the lone DC here. We had Derek Cleary and Sal D'Amato, our two traveling judges, uh, the more experienced judges here. They had it for Gustafson as well. So what we have through four rounds is everyone's got a different scorecard, which is always fun. So Carrie Hatley has it 39-37 DC, which means DC's wrapped it up on his card, barring some sort of big round. On Derek Cleary's card, he has it 39-37 for Gustafson, which means... Gustafson has it wrapped up based on not getting any sort of crazy round five here. The entire fight hinges on Saldamato. He's got a 38 all. His card is the only card that matters. So we just throw the other two out and let just Sal decide who won this fight and who became the champion. Uh, what's what's happening in round five, though? Is it is it close or do we kind of have something that's a little more definitive? Solid round for DC. He got back to the clinch uppercuts again, and he really took it to Gustafson this round. Okay. He put on a pace that was like, this is my fight. This is the reason I'm the champ, and I'm going to take it to you. But, you know, I think a lot of that was was cumulative effect on Gustafson, who, while there were effective rounds and moments for Gustafson, I think, on the whole, the more lasting damage was adding up on the side of Gustafson, and it was really tiring him out and, and wearing him down. Yeah. And, and I think... That that necessarily that doesn't necessarily win you any of these rounds because you, we've got some bigger. I think probably if you look at the two rounds that Gustafson won, they were probably the closest rounds mm-hmm. that we gave. And then the other two rounds, DC, yes, he was like we said, he was in trouble in that round three, but he also did about four minutes of real good work. And then the first round was very clearly from two. So that's what I'm kind of getting at here is the cumulative effect. You've, you've definitely, even in a tie fight that we see as tied, mm-hmm. DC is ahead in the fight. On a haul for going sure. Going in. He's got, yeah. like, if you've got, like, let's say video game energy bars, DC has much more energy left in the tank. Yeah, this, yeah. Going into the fifth round, even if the fight's tied. Yeah, pretty much. And, and that manifested here. So, yeah, I, th- I think you're right. Absolutely. He was doing well. But I think that also was a product of all the work he had put in beforehand. Yeah. I mean, he was able he put it on him. Absolutely. And, and of course, that meant everybody went for DC here. And because, like I said, Sal D'Amato's card is the only one that matters. He gave the fight to Cormier. And it didn't matter that Derek Cleary had this one at the end as a 48-47 for Gustafson because... Two out of three went for Cormier. Hatley had this one at 49-46, which I see. You can you can see how he yeah, got there. Absolutely. That's fair. It's totally fair. Uh, interesting fight. Good fight. And it's uh, it's a real shame for Gustafson, who had two really excellent championship fight performances that you can see arguments for him. But realistically, he lost and he was not the better man those nights. No, he wasn't. And um, uh, and <laughs> good performances. Yeah, great fights. They're memorable fights, uh, especially of course the the Jones Gustafson one that uh, is in the UFC Hall of Fame. But this one I thought was a great one too. Yeah, this was this was a great fight. And Gustafson really at this point he never really kind of recovered his former form that kind of got here. Was, uh, he's had a much more challenging road. He briefly retired, and now he's at heavyweight. It's just, I don't know what he's doing. He's quite a big boy right it's now. It's unfortunate. I, I i hope he can straighten out because he's a very talented fighter, and he's only 34, I believe, now. So he's not like an old fighter, but he's been fighting a long time. He's got a lot of miles on him. But also, it's hard to see. It's hard to see a fighter at this point kind of turn things around, you know? But also, we've mentioned before, he, he 
fought world beater version of Fabricio Verdum in his last fight. He did. That's right. So, Fabricio showed up and he looked in shape, which is, of course, the only barometer that you ever need to figure out if Fabricio is <laughs> going to win the fight is how does he look? If he shows up and he looks good, he's probably going to win. And if he shows up and he doesn't look right, he's probably going to lose with rare exceptions. It's, it's an easy barometer. Just look at any fight. You can do it. But, uh, you know, obviously he's at PFL now. We're not talking about PFL this weekend. We don't have Bellator this weekend. All we have is UFC. All that other stuff starts up again next week. So let's just focus on this weekend's fights. Headlined by Jarzinho, Rosenstrike, and Augusto Sakai. Heavyweight headliner. I'm never a fan of these. Um, They often don't work out unless it's a championship fight. Championship fights are very interesting because you always get the best guys. And and the high-level heavyweights are fantastic to watch. After that, it's very much a crapshoot. Yeah. So I'm not really looking forward to this one. Oh, not me either. Not at all. Um, I don't really have a lot of thoughts on it other than the fact that I do think Rosenstrike is probably going to be able to find a way to use his power at some point over the five minutes and finish the fight. I don't... Over the five minutes. (laughs) Five minutes. I'm praying. I'm praying. (laughs) Yeah, that would be nice. I'm praying. It's probably going to be more like five rounds. I I don't think he's going to be gun shy like he was against Gon. I actually do think he will be exactly the same way he is every fight. I think he just waits for an opportunity, and if the opportunity doesn't present himself, he doesn't pull the trigger. That's what I think it is with him. Well, that's not fun. No, it's not. All right. Well, I'm going to go. He's going (laughs) to... You you hit the nail on the head, my friend. So, all right. Against Augusto Sakai, he's going to find it, so... I do think so, too. I think uh, Sakai, obviously, we saw him uh, tire against Overeem later on in the fight after Mm -hmm. he was having some early success. And ultimately, he couldn't keep up the pace. So, yeah, maybe it will take more than the five minutes. Maybe it will be more like the five rounds, but hopefully it won't go all the way. Who knows? I, I'm just, I'm always hoping for a five-minute heavyweight fight. Anything after that is just like, just shoot me. I mean, yeah, unless, it, unless it's steep in DC. Like I said, I so. we're talking about champion fighters here. That's yeah. very different. Yep. Very, very different. I, I'll, It's hard to find heavyweight fights between like championship-level fighters that don't deliver at least in some way, whether it's like a really exciting knockout or even, you know, like like you said, DC and Steep Bay 3. That was a good fight. But after that, yeah, total crapshoot. I'm not even in love with the rest of this card, to be perfectly honest here. Uh, but what what were you... I'll, I'll give you first pick. Who is that you want to watch most? What's what's on the undercard that you are actually looking forward to? I think Ponzinibbio versus Baeza is a fantastic fight. I thought it was fantastic too, and it was it was so magnanimous of me to leave that one as for you to pick. I, I was like, he did it for me. I did it for you. <laughs> I did it for you, my friend. Because I had yeah. another one I could pick, so I said, okay. okay, I'll give that one for you. So, But what do you think of this fight? How do you, how do you kind of handicap it? Oh, man, I, I, I think you give the edge to Baeza. I think the kid can do it all, but the experience Ponzinibbio has, I don't know. He, and, and now he's finally got that you know, kind of octagon rust, cage rust, whatever you want to yeah. like explain about if, if you want to Because he, 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 he took some long breaks. He took very long breaks. I believe it was a health-related thing. I can't remember off the top of my head it's what like it was. Almost, almost three full years. He was years. off for a long time. So. Uh, really excellent fighter, too. So it's a shame that he was robbed of such a, a long period of his career uh, when potentially he could have found his way into even the, the championship picture. Who knows? Yeah, so I, I think Baez is the total package. So I'm going to go with him. He's going to win this one a TKO finish. Uh, round... I'm going to go late late finish, round three. I'm going to throw a bone to Ponzinibbio. Okay. I'm going to say Ponzinibbio decision. All right. I mean, yeah. Baeza is undefeated. This feels like an extremely uh, low percentage pick on my part. He's only been to decision twice. But you know what? He's a veteran, like you said. 
I don't know. I, I believe in him, but I'm, I'm, I was talking about Baez. I'm sorry. He's oh, a, yeah. He, no, I understand a, what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I, that's what I'm saying. I think that Ponzinibbio can kind of drag him there. Okay. That's, but hey, whatever. I mean, who knows? Get back to those light kicks once things change. So, yeah, we don't know anything, though. I mean, we're just guessing here at this point. What, what fight was the one that you picked as your secondary, basically? Uh, it more or less is my secondary. My, it, it was uh, Francisco Trinaldo moving up to welterweight against Muslim Salikov. Which is a strange, which isn't, they normally don't go, uh, or they don't, they both did win. They're we both don't coming mean- off a win, right? Uh, I believe they are, yes. Okay. Um, but, yeah, you know, Salikov, of course, he's, he's the Sanda fighter. Francisco Ronaldo is in his 40s, but he's still, you know, he's still grinding out there. I mean, there, there are fights where he just doesn't look right, and all of a sudden he just wins. Yeah. He is a very impressive individual, and I always enjoy his fights on some level. Uh, I think this could definitely not work out to be an interesting fight. I see ways where it's not going to be very interesting, but I, I choose to believe something fun will happen. So that's kind of why I picked this one as my fight to watch. And, and I will pick Salikov here. I do think he's going to win. I'm going to go with Ronaldo. Okay. What do you, I, I'm going to say I'm going to say Salikov decision, too. I actually think so. No, I'm not going to go decision. Okay. I'm going to go rear naked choke. So we are, I, I believe, other than the he- headliner here, you and I are on like complete opposite sides of like everything. Pretty much, yes. All right. That's interesting. Well, since we're so on in tune with each other as far as scoring fights the same way. That's right. Way. We had it all the same this fight. Uh, we might as well be on opposite sides of the fence when we make our picks. That's true. That's true. At least we've got that. Uh, you know, we don't want to agree about everything, right? Sometimes I just want to punch you in the well, face. We, well, we, we agree with the main event, though, right? Rosen That's Street, true. We did, we did. We did. And hopefully within five minutes. Well, this is this is really... We're just uniting around a central, you know, hope. You think Tybora wins again? I do. Tybora's been on a real good run. He's fighting... Uh, who's it against? Walt Harris. Walt Harris, yeah. And, and I think... I think he's going to be able to take Harris down, and I think once he does that, because this is what he's been doing. Tybur has been taking these guys mm-hmm. down. He's been wearing them down on the ground. He gets these 10-8s in these rounds pretty uh, frequently lately because he he's really learned how to kind of neutralize people's strengths, and I think he's going to do that here again. Okay. But I don't think that's necessarily going to be the most interesting fight. That's why I'm not really picking it as my like fight to watch. But Tybur is on a really good run. I think he's figured it out, and I'm, I'm curious to see how far he could take this. Hmm. Yeah, this is... I mean, two heavyweights, co-main and main. It's going to be hopefully only 10 minutes long. I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Normal band of judges. Oh, yeah. We're back in Vegas, of course. We are at the UFC Apex. So, yeah, I imagine we're going to see, you know, the usual suspects. Like you said, Sal D'Amato, Derek Cleary, uh, you know, Junichiro Camillo, Dave Hagen will probably. I'm just, yeah, I'm. I'm guessing here, but I imagine it'll be a lot of this, the usual suspects we've seen and 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 trust uh, as much as we can trust any judge. I, I feel good with these individuals they typically have in Vegas. Yep, I'm with it. And that does it for us. Thanks for listening, everybody. And we will be back again on Monday to break this down. Maybe we'll even talk about that that uh, Steven Peterson-Leandro Higo fight. See if he's got anything there. Yeah, well, maybe we'll check it out because hopefully we don't have to discuss anything from the main or the co-main. Heck yeah. Uh, please, heavyweights, two minutes. I'll give you two minutes. <laughs> Do it for us. All right. Thanks for listening. Take care, everybody.